All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. So this podcast is about couples. It's about money and it's for couples and about money. And I have talked about many different facets of relationships and money over the years. And I come at it from a financial planner's perspective. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. Um, in fact, I there is I didn't even study couples and money. In fact, it's not even something that you can possibly study unless unless I'm wrong. It's something that an advisor experiences over the years and learns. And it's only through talking to people and being passionate about the topic that I've been able to provide content for this podcast. Today, I am so excited to have an expert in this field. Um, she's a speaker. She's an author. Um, her name is Monica Kalra. And if you haven't heard about Monica, by the end of this episode, you you definitely would have an it will probably prompt you to do some research into her coaching and, and what she does. And she is a, a specialist in this field. Um, she talks about couples and money. It's what she does. Um, Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. And I am absolutely honored to be here and to be able to share my experience as well as my expertise with your clientele. So thank you once again for having me. It it is an absolute pleasure, and and as I said to you earlier, it's it's something I'm so excited that we're we're discussing. It's it's something that should have been talked about, you know, decades ago, um, and it probably was, but not as much as it should have. And and even to this day, it's probably something that isn't talked about enough. And can I ask you, for those that don't know about your background and how you got into this area? If you can maybe give us just a little bit of a um, a background on on yourself, career wise, and what has led you to to writing these books? Michael, I was in an abusive relationship for twenty one years, and divorce was unthinkable because it comes with a lot of stigmatization in my culture. However, um, after being in that relationship for twenty one years, I decided that it was time to end the relationship, which definitely came with a lot of isolation, ostracization, um, and also with a disgrace to the family owner, uh, because it's not acceptable in our culture to be divorced. And uh, this then led me to be in therapy for three years, followed by studying relationship skills for another three years. Um, And then I realized that Um, It was time now to share my experience and my expertise in the area with the rest of the world. Um, Because as you mentioned, that relationship skills are not taught in schools. And we only learn from our parents or our grandparents. However, there is so much study available now and there is so much research available there that we can actually work on our relationships. In fact, it is advisable to work on our relationships consistently in case we wish to nurture them and ensure that they are long lasting. And this then led me to 
begin coaching that then led me to write my two books how do you know he's the one and the other one is how to heal from a toxic relationship and then i um i delved further into it and became the founder of reverse where i assist people who are not only struggling in their relationships and want to improve their relationship with themselves and with the others um however i'm equally passionate about assisting um divorced women because um i want to ensure that they are given that assistance in order to revive their confidence um reclaim their inner power and at the same time reset themselves emotionally for future relationships so this has been my journey so far you yeah, know and and what i love is that i mean again very similar to what i explained in my intro but it's from experience that you know it's a lot of what you probably talk about comes from experience like i mean you mentioned that you did study um and you went through a a, a personal process a healing process but it's it's the experience that i think is what has made you so successful because you're you're able to talk from the heart about these things and you're able because of what what you went through because 21 years is a very long time and and also i'm sure there are signs that you probably ignored flags that you probably ignored you know and and can i ask um if we can probably if you could touch on a couple of those flags um or or just the the, the points that you feel if if a couple if a person is in a relationship and they they feel whether um there's financial abuse um uh, or any type of abuse really but what are some of the flags to watch out for um in if somebody finds themselves in this situation or doesn't realize that they're in this situation that's such a good question um michael because in some of our cultures abuse is so normalized that we don't even realize that we are in an abusive relationship and this is primarily so so far as the emotional abuse is concerned and uh, being aware of these red flags being aware of those warning signs are critical to ensure that you um that you know whether you are in a in such a relationship or if you've already ended a relationship then you are at least aware for your future relationships that you are looking out for these signs quite early on um in your relationship and i'll touch upon a few of them as you mentioned one of them is gaslighting um this was a word that was most looked for um on google last year and it was considered as the uh, as the word of the year in the british dictionary i think it was looked up 1700 times or something like that um so this is a psychological abuse where a partner controls the other partner it's a manipulative technique where they distort an incident to assure their partner that they are wrong and you know that their um that they, their memories their thoughts their senses cannot be trusted and when these tactics are used over a period of time then the person who is getting manipulated begins to doubt themselves and also their experiences and they begin to feel that they are really crazy um and as such they lose their self worth um in such scenarios the person who is manipulating also ensures that 
the person who's getting manipulated is completely isolated from their loved ones from their family and friends um and therefore um the only voice that the person who's getting manipulated is the voice of the manipulator uh, and also apart from their own voice uh speaking into their life and therefore it is really necessary to be surrounded by family and friends uh who love you and who care for you so that you can hear someone else's perspective as well um so it is also important to find a partner who validates you who's compassionate rather than who criticizes or confuses you um and if there is a partner who's criticizing you and confusing confusing you mind you confusion is not a hallmark of a healthy relationship so this is a red flag um and if it appears quite early on in your uh, relationships then to be mindful because it can turn into gaslighting later on as the relationship develops so that's one of the abuses the other abuse could be uh, could be something like mirroring now what is mirroring is where uh, the person who is manipulating you or has that um, has that intention they will tend to emulate you they will tend to support you in all your likes and dislikes and when i say support you they will they will like everything that you like if you like your if you like butterscotch as an ice cream they like it too if you are into personal development they are into personal development if you like uh, brene brown they like brene brown everything is whatever you like they like um it is quite flattering no doubt about it that your likes are similar to that of your partners however this mirroring becomes dark mirroring uh, when it turns sinister so what they do is that they over a time period they learn about your desires your vulnerabilities your weaknesses your insecurities and then use these against you uh when the time comes uh, a person who is in a toxic relationship and who is experiencing dark mirroring uh it's very hard for them to get out of such relationships because they want their partners to like them primarily because there are certain parts in each of us which we don't like about ourselves so these people tend to be on a treadmill or you could say they they are on that hamster wheel trying to please the other part partner to like those parts of themselves that they don't like about themselves uh, so that they are accepted just as they are and they continue to being in such toxic relationships whereas the idea is to ensure that your partner provides you a safe harbor provides you a launching pad so that you can go out in the world do um, absolutely excel in any field that you are in and then you come back to uh, come back to your launching pad come back to your relationship where you are soothed and supported once again the other type uh, of abuse that i can mention here you mentioned about financial abuse yes it's very common however however it's a very uh, lesser known tactic that is used by the manipulative partners where they might force um the other partner to leave their job all right and this this could be in the name of say in on the pretext that the children are getting neglected 
or they might criticize you for the choice of job that you have opted for. Um, they might even turn up at your workplace and be critical of you. Um, they may use your credit card uh, and then refuse to pay it. They, uh, they will force you to keep a record of every single purchase that you've made um, and all the financial decisions that you've made in the house. They will siphon off all the money from the joint account into a private account. So these are various tactics that are used, whereas a loving partner would be one who would be supportive of the financial independence uh, of their partner. Uh, whereas um, we don't realize, and especially people who are um, from other cultures, because in our cultures, generally it's the men who always have control, whether it's our fathers or brothers or our husbands, who have control of all the finances. So uh, we don't want to rock the boat. By we, I mean the women don't want to ro rock the boat. And therefore, they give all the authority because that's what they've seen in their families. They give all the authority and financial decisions to be made by the husband, which if the husband or the wife, it could be either, uh, because um, I, I'm just assuming that way. Uh, it could be any of the partners uh, who could be financially abusing you. And I am by no means um, stating that it's only the men who are abusive. Women can equally be abusive. So, so in an abusive relationship, any partner can be using financial abuse as a tactic in order to manipulate the other partner. So these are some of them. Um, I hope I have been able to answer your question. Yeah, no, you have, you have, and and also like I mean, yeah, gaslighting. To be honest, I didn't know what gaslighting was. Um, I've heard it many times, so it's it's interesting that it was one of the most, you know, uh, a very highly googled term last year. And 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 the other part about it as well is, you know, uh, a lot of the things you've mentioned, you're actually very right. Like it's. Um, like again, I'm coming at it from a financial advisor's point of view, but uh, money can play into these things because it could be used as a tool sometimes to control people. Um, and and at the same time, and I know it's very hard because every relationship is completely different. But some of the things you've mentioned, or even or all three, especially the one of mirroring the other person's likes, you know, how do you distinguish it from being something just that's natural and something that's being that's uh, like, how do you distinguish between good and bad intentions? If you, if you know what I mean, because, because in a relationship, especially when you meet someone the first time, it's very natural to want to do the same things as that person. Um, you know, to, you know, for example, if somebody doesn't like sushi, but the girl or the guy they're trying to impress like sushi, um, they'll probably start having sushi with them, you know? So how, how do you sort of distinguish between good and bad intentions or is it impossible to do that? And it's just something that over time, some we need to just follow our gut instinct and assess. You're absolutely right. Um, as I mentioned, that it is quite flattering that you know, and with your example as well, if your partner likes sushi, obviously over a time period you begin to like sushi. Uh, however, as time goes on, um, we have to be mindful of whether our likes are being used against us. Um, in my book, How Do You Know He's the One, I've explained all these with a lot of scenarios, with a lot of examples 
on how it is very um, how it's not easy however you can make out that this mirroring has now turned into dark mirroring like one of the examples that i give in the book i don't know if i'm getting it right i don't have the book in front of me but i'll try I, so far as i remember that supposing um initially the partner may be very uh, welcoming of you to uh, to take up a job supposing and they really like you to do uh, the things that you do in the job uh, and then they're very appreciative of it and then um, a time comes supposing where you say that you are getting a leadership position um and leadership position means that perhaps you might end up earning more than your partner so there is a factor of jealousy supposing that comes in now they will start to use this against you because they are aware of your insecurities and they will say things like they will really exploit on your vulnerabilities do you think you have the time you already are so preoccupied yeah it takes you such a long time do you think you'll be able to manage this uh, you know sometimes it comes from a good heart but sometimes you'd have to trust as you mentioned you'd have to trust your gut and you'd have to trust your instinct of whether it is being used against you or not uh, a healthy relationship would be where they are very supportive of you of the decisions that you are planning to make yes you do want them that these could be um, this could go against us or there might be some uh, some repercussions or consequences of taking it up it might affect your health or something but they will try and exploit your desires your insecurities against you through some comments or through being sarcastic through being passive aggressive so you'll have to be mindful of what is coming your way that makes perfect sense and and uh, and also a big a big part of this as well i think it, you would this and i'm assuming let me know if this is a part that, something that you work in as well but helping couples work on these things together as well um in communication because um i guess all couples obviously every every relationship has you know some sort of conflict whether it's a misunderstanding or an argument it's very natural to have something um but how you deal with it is probably the most important part um as well would that be right yes certainly um 70% of the divorces take place because of the lack of open communication between the partners these podcasts have been brought to you by better financial planning australia to book a free 15 minute phone chat visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au by open communication we've all heard about it it's about you know being really present and curious to listen to your partners uh and when i say being present people will say oh yes i am present i am here it's not about being physically present it's about being you know being there with your heart soul and as well as your mind so being there there you could do certain exercises in order to come into the present moment i highly recommend to the to my clients to the couples to spend at least 15 minutes every day without fail in order to um check on each other which most of the couples sometimes um you know due to various other responsibilities or busyness or whatever tend to avoid whereas that's the time those 15 minutes where if you can catch up and see and gauge where each one is and at the same time use that time to appreciate each other 
and also be really open and vulnerable just to share with the audience here in order to come into your present moment it's very very easy um you just need to get in touch with your senses so use all your five senses you know what are you seeing at this point in time just be very mindful that there might be a laptop in front of you or there is a bottle in front of you or your mobile be very mindful look at the texture and look at their color so that you're getting present you can also you know, what what can you hear what can you smell can you taste anything touch plays a very very important role physical touch plays very important role so when the couples are sitting for that 15 minutes together it's about holding hands that gives a lot of security to each other facing each other looking into each other's eyes because open communication is not just about repeating what the other person has said but at this all but at the same time asking open ended questions being really open and curious uh, not killing the other person's experience making sure whatever is being shared with you you're not providing any advice sometimes the partners are not willing to listen to any advice it's just that they want someone to hear them out so making sure that you're not killing their uh, experience as i said no advice no complaining no blame game and no killing of the experience of the other person no fixing of the ex- experience of the other person at all uh so being really present and as steven kavi says listening with the intent to uh, understand rather than with the intent to respond the moment the client has uh, your sorry your partner has shared something um not forming an answer beforehand to say oh this is what i'm going to say the moment she finishes or the moment he finishes uh, and then you get into he said she said uh, it's about really being curious of what they have to share with you and when i say what they have to share so you are listening with the with your heart with your eyes with by picking up non verbal cues by uh, paying attention to their tone by being attentive to their body language and thereafter sharing your your impact you know how did it make you feel or oh, i felt this when you were sharing this and then validating the experience of the other person it makes total sense why you didn't uh, get up out of the bed because you were unwell you know or whatever validating those uh, validating that experience using those terms like that makes sense so really welcoming their welcoming their experience rather than telling them you should be feeling sad that's what they have felt and we need as partners to acknowledge that they felt sad about it and validating that experience so along with open communication the other thing that comes up when you are openly communicating it leads into being honest with your partner uh we tend to we don't tend to be honest with our partners because we feel that we will displease our partners because most of us don't know how to do conflicts constructively and so and so that we don't rock the boat we make sure that we uh we hide our feelings or anything uh anything that we've experienced with a partner which is which may um, which may upset the other partner we don't share and what happens over a over the time period we tend to shove all these under the carpet 
and these resentments become expectations and then this leads into contempt this becomes contempt then leads to become uh, emotional detachment and that intimacy that connection is lost so making sure that you're being really honest and you're being really vulnerable in your in expressing how you're feeling because that's what we most of us don't do it because that element of vulnerability is so important however when i'm talking about being vulnerable it is also equally important that we are very appreciative and respectful of our partners because uh, we all know that fondness and admiration they are crucial elements for a long lasting relationship so making sure and there are also the antidotes to contempt so making sure that you are saying thank you um, at least once a day and not just the word thank you and then moving on but giving a reason on why you're being thankful so thank you for taking the kids today because you knew that i had a meeting you know giving the reason there as well so being really appreciative of your of your partner um by making sure that you are valuing the goodness in them by looking into the innate goodness of humanity uh, and at the same time because this leads this leads to friendship so happy relationships are always based on deep friendships because friendships um fuel the flames of romance and this also leads to mutual respect and enjoyment of each other's company um never stopping to learn about your partner's preferences and challenges uh playing fun question games together doing quizzes together in order to deeply understand each other regularly um by setting that at that 15 minutes of inquiry time to learn about your partner's well-being i would further go on to say that along with this also comes the idea of taking personal responsibility and what i mean by personal responsibility is that you are not only not only honoring yourself but you're honoring the other person and by personal responsibility what i mean to say is that we take full responsibility of our role in any conflict if it has occurred so supposing um somebody might say oh my partner slammed the door and went out of the house however it is very much possible that we might have rolled our own eyes uh which might have triggered that reaction in our partner so taking responsibility for ourselves and saying yes i rolled my eyes and therefore he slammed the door or she slammed the door and walked out of the house so taking that personal responsibility of what is my role in in that conflict uh because most of us it's very easy for us to blame our partners but we don't take responsibility for our role um in in the relationship i hope i've been able to answer that question yes no you have and and it's it's actually interesting so you um <laughs> as you're explaining these points and the very they're actually very good points by the way so like as a again as a married man listening to this some of the things he's saying is like oh yeah 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 you know and there's if there's anything i've learned after 12 years of marriage i have to make sure i'm saying that number right it is 12 years after 12 years of marriage if there's anything if there's anything i've learned is that 
there are always things that we don't think is a big deal, but our partner does. Like whether it's something like what you said, acknowledging something or um, saying something in a particular way, um, or even of course our actions. Um, but th- there's th- there are so many things which are so simple that you mentioned, like you know, if you apologize, saying uh, saying why you're sorry, and just or, or just mentioning things in a certain way, or not ignoring things. Th- there are so many things I've learned over the years that to me isn't a big deal. Um, but to her is, and vice versa. You know, there are things that to me would be a big deal that to her it wouldn't be. And and it, it, it again, I think it all comes back to that open communication. I, I love that you mentioned, you know, fifteen minutes a day of couples talking to each other. Like th- that sounds very obvious, right? When you think about it, um, that hey, hold on a sec. So two people that are married. 15 minutes together, is that it? You know, but if you think about it well, with life and work and especially if someone has children and pets and whatever, it's very hard to actually find that 15 minutes in the day because you wake up, day starts, sooner than you realize the day's finished and everyone's in bed. So I love that you mentioned that 15 minutes for couples and and the points you mentioned are so, so practical. And, um, and it's yeah, and I mean, yeah. It just even as you're explaining it, it just it was something t- to me. I had light bulbs in my head. It's like, oh yeah, you know. And some of these things I do without realizing, and um, my, my wife does as well. And my, maybe I don't know if she realizes she's doing it or not. But the, sometimes it just you need to hear it from someone to be like, ah, oh, yes, you know, that's a good point. And yes, maybe I should try that. And you know, and I've seen you recently. Um, one of your quotes on Facebook that you've got um, that, that I was reading earlier is healing begins when you're ready. Um, it's, it's your quote, like you said this and, and it makes sense as well because with, with that open relate, open discussion, open communication, it's also very important for, for couples to both be, be ready to talk. You can't just have one side. You can't just have the husband or the wife wanting to talk and the other person not wanting to, or like what you said, not being present. Um, you talked about having like a water bottle in the way, but t- to me, it's the phone, you know, but to a lot of people, it's probably technology these days, just being in the way. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's healing. It's in it's, in it's wanting, wanting to do better as well um, as a, uh, as a couple. Certainly, Michael. Um, I agree with you. And there are so many other things that, that I can talk about. I can talk about most of us not even being aware of our needs, mm. not being able to set boundaries, um, not being able to regulate ourselves, um, forget about co-regulating with our partners. Um, however, those are topics in themselves. Yes. But one little thing that all the couples can add into their practice along with those 15 minutes is having some shared rituals. Um, so what do I mean by that? It's, you know, as a couple, if um, we can have certain rituals, certain routines that both of us enjoy doing together because that reinforces a sense of togetherness. Um, and this could be, say, date night every Friday. And when I'm saying it's a ritual, then you're doing it every Friday, irrespective. You leave aside everything else in order to be with your partner on that Friday night in order to go for that date night. or going. And that could be anything, going for a walk together, you know, um, every Sunday morning or um, any ritual that suits you because that really breathes in life into a relationship. 
So yes, along with those 15 minutes, that 15 minutes can also be a ritual. That this is a ritual we'll follow. This is how we are going going to, this is how those 15 minutes will look like. So perhaps it could be like we'll express gratitude for what we have. It's we'll express some gratitude for each other or we'll talk about what upset me about you or what upset you about me so that we are able to resolve that there and then rather than carry on that resentment over the years and then bring it up every time there is a conflict. So um, making sure that there are rituals in place as well, which go a long way in ensuring a long lasting nurturing relationship. Yes. And, 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 and also I can, I can, I can definitely vouch for, for that as well. You know, even from a financial point of view, when a couple are working on their money together or, you know, trying to, to work out things as a, as a couple, as a team, you know, having processes in place, having something that they follow, they're more likely to achieve their goals compared to just, oh, look, we'll just go with the flow. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll just see how it works out. Let's just, let's just, you know, she'll be right, you know, or, you know, or, or in your situation, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, when we have time, we'll go on a date together or, um, yeah, if we get time next week, well, let's have, let's have a coffee, you know, but having it in there, having something structured, um, a couple is more likely to follow it. And, and you know what, then they're more likely to learn from these things and they're more likely to learn from their experiences um, because th there's also something else. And this, this is actually something that you posted on, on LinkedIn recently that, you know, you mentioned that divorce rates are higher in second and third marriages. Um, and something that you mentioned is that perhaps it's because of people carrying their old way of thinking through different relationships, unexplored baggage, um, having wounds that aren't healed um, and taking that into the new relationship. And I think couples can even relate to that today that, you know, they, they don't learn from one week and they take that baggage and they take those wounds into the next week. And it may not be such a big deal, but then they take that into the next week and then the next week and the next week. And suddenly one year later, two years later, three years, 20 years later, you know, it's, it just gets to, to a point where, you know, nothing's been worked on. Um, and, and as you've mentioned so many times, um, there could be some serious abuse happening in that relationship that, um, that one of the, one of those people wasn't aware of, um, or, or just ignored the flags of, you know, so it's, you know, I, you know, the, the, the your, your books, I'd highly encourage anyone, uh, listening to this that, you know, even partially relates to this discussion or know someone that does to, uh, to, to purchase a copy of one of your books, uh, Monica. Um, and can I ask if anybody wanted to do that, what would be the best way for, for them to do that if they wanted to, to get in contact with you or they wanted to purchase a copy of your books? Um, in order to buy my books, you could they could go on to Amazon. Both the books are available on Amazon. However, if you'd like a signed copy from me, uh, you can definitely get in touch with me. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, and also on Facebook. So yes, I'm available in, on Instagram as well, but I don't use that much. However, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. Um, though I do have a website, monikakalracoaching.com. However, that will be coming down very soon. And there's another one, rewards.com.au, which will be coming up soon too. So uh, get in touch with me in any way that I can assist you and be of service to you. I would love to take you on this journey. Yeah, nice. Th th thank you, Monica. And what I'll do is I'll, maybe I'll put a link of your um, LinkedIn in the description of the episode. I'm guessing that's probably the best way, just in case 
they're listening to this episode after the new website is launched uh, and uh, and also um yeah just uh, on just following you on social media monica I've, I've you know just from what you've posted i've learned something from it and you know it's brought up some aha moments so i can just imagine reading one of your books what effect that would have um and uh, and also i like to finish all my um episodes off with a with a dad joke um so um and this is you know it's wedding related couple related um but how do you remember your wedding anniversary or how does somebody remember the wedding anniversary they um they just need to figure it once <laughs> it, i want <laughs> yeah i get it now sorry yeah, it's okay yes. it's like it's 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 so dad jokes um I, I don't know if you're very familiar with dad jokes but they're meant to be bad jokes so yeah so no, they're, they're, no they're meant to be funny they're meant yeah, to be sorry, funny no. because they're bad <laughs> Yes, so sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, that's why I say, so you remember your anniversary by forgetting it once. It's um, it's uh, it's one of the things. Once, once I mean, I mean, you think it would be hard for someone to forget their wedding anniversary, really, if you think about it, because you know, it's it's you work so hard, you, you have a wedding, but then again, I don't know. I've only been married for twelve years, so I don't. Uh, we'll see how my memory goes over the next twelve years. Um, but um, Michael, but you'll be you'll be surprised. There are many who forget their anniversaries. Yeah, well, well, there you yeah, go. There are many, and yet, and yet, um, people continue to being in those relationships for years on end for various reasons. Yeah, there you go. So, so it's so in a way, it's not a laughing matter as well because because um, uh, that person can forget that wedding anniversary for the wrong reasons. You know, it's um. Um, sometimes it's a manipulative technique as well. So um, no wonder that's why I didn't take that as a joke because um, I I am aware of people where um, people do forget about their anniversaries or they intentionally don't wish the, their partners. Um, and then that is a means to control the other partner wherein you are um, you're being all the more cautious to look after your partner so that they can remember certain dates like these as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, uh, okay. So how about I give you a second joke? We'll make sure this one's at least funny, uh, or at least partially funny. Uh, but uh, did you hear about the notebook who married a pencil? She, she finally found Mr. Wright. Okay. Yeah, that so, was so, funny. So, yes. yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no. I um, th- thank you so much for your time, Monica. I, I really appreciate it, um, and thank you for the for the work that you do in this field. Um, and um, and thank you for your time as well. And thank you for having me. It was lovely talking to you. So thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks for joining us on sharing more than the sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.